Oh, it's doable and it's discipleship. Put it all together, it's doable discipleship. Mix it in a pot. Stir it all up. There we go. Yep. That's it. Hey, I want to tell everybody. Well, do you want to say <laughs> what we are, what we are, who we are first? Yeah, it's a Saddleback Church podcast and YouTube show designed to help you deepen your friendship with God. But Jason likes to say... The show that helps you grow. Quickly. Very... That yeah. was a jolt. So, I want to tell you about the brand spanking new Saddleback Church website home okay. of doable discipleship. I got around I to it. watching those words fall out. Yeah, I, I picked up the pieces and got it all together. Saddleback.com slash doable is the new Saddleback home for doable discipleship. Yeah. So that's exciting news. <laughs> Good just, fanfare from I'm Jason. picturing sound effects going yeah. on right now. Here's what's cool about that. You can go watch all our old episodes of Doable Discipleship, and it's really easy to find and navigate. You can see the latest show, which is right at the top of the page. Then you can go down and click a little thing and view all the previous episodes. So every time Jason and I are talking about, go back and watch this episode to get we caught up on easy this or that. Now. now it's super easy. So uh, do enjoy that. It's a great, easy way for you to share the show with your friends and stuff like that. Just say, hey, Go to, you don't have to say like, oh yeah, go to the iTunes store, search doable. It should be somewhere near the top. I <laughs> figured out from there. Yeah, put no. this RSS button up in your thing. Yada, yada, yeah. gobbledygook. No, yeah. saddleback.com slash doable. And all your subscription options are right there as well as the video versions of these episodes. It's That's great. pretty handy. It's super handy. Um, Douglas, today we are um, talking, uh, we're, we're starting a new series. Correct. Starting a new series on spiritual discipline, spiritual practices. That's right. Um, and we thought, what better way? to start this new series than to have a very special guest with us to do so. Yeah. Uh, guys, I don't know uh, I don't know how I could intro him better than to just say, you know him, you love him. It's uh, Pastor Buddy Owens. You've seen him as a teaching pastor at Saddleback Church. Um, he's been on the show before. Yeah. You see him all the time on the weekend um, on a whole bunch of different stuff. His books and his small group studies, um, are amazing yeah and he loves discipleship he loves he spiritual maturity so we always love to talk with him and we get the opportunity to do so today so yeah please clap wherever you are even if it's in a library because buddy owens is coming right now buddy thanks for joining us today man thanks for asking Excited to have this conversation. Uh, we're talking about spiritual practices in this series, and we're kicking it off today. So can you can you talk a little bit about just why spiritual practices and those little habits that we get into are so important for a person's walk with God? Spiritual practices. Well, that's a good way to ask the question. Um, I guess it would be like an athlete. Athletes have to have certain disciplines, certain practices that they go through. You don't do everything perfectly all the time. And the point of a spiritual practice is not to become perfect, of course. Mm. But the more disciplined you become at something, the better you are at something, the more natural it comes to you, and the more benefit you're going to get out of it. So mm. whether it's the discipline of reading the Word, mm -hmm. uh, a discipline of prayer, the disciplines of solitude, journaling, fasting, Mm -hmm. um, whatever it might be, the more you do it, the better you are going to be at it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when we talk about spiritual disciplines, just as physical disciplines build the physical body, spiritual disciplines can be reinforcing the work that God's doing in you and build you up spiritually. So mm -hmm. they're they're important to have 
to have those disciplines to stay healthy. Yeah. Look, it's kind of a way that we cooperate with what God is trying to fashion in us. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Good. Uh, there's a book here that I know you're a big fan of. Do you want to talk a little bit about this real quick? Yes. <clears throat> I would love to. I was surprised to see this in here. Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Don Whitney, uh, pastor in the Midwest. He, I read this book. Good night. How long ago was it? What year is this? It must have been 2018. 20, 22 years ago, something oh, like wow. that. Uh, whenever it had had just come out. And I had read many other books from a whole lot of other guys whose names I won't mention here because it would be rude to mention them in the sentence I'm about to use. But basically, <laughs> after I read Don Whitney's book, I thought all those other guys can stay home. Mm-hmm. Because Don Whitney writes in a way that is so attainable. Mm-hmm. He, he, he doesn't write like the learned theologian who is going to impart all of this great knowledge on it. He writes like the guy next door. Mm. Practical language. Do, talk about doable discipleship. Whitney's figured it out. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it actually had a powerful impact on my life mm. when I read that book. So I have recommended it many, many times to a whole lot of people. I've sold a lot of that guy's books for him. We still have never <laughs> met. Um, Time for but, that commission check, But yeah, if you, if you at <laughs> all are looking for um, teaching, training on spiritual disciplines, do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Go directly to spiritual disciplines for the Christian life yeah. by Don Whitney. Yeah, and I believe all the disciplines we're going to be talking about in this series can be found in this book. Yeah. He talks a lot about uh, them, and it says there's a study guide also available, so you can uh, do a little deeper study. Yeah, we'll, we're drawing some inspiration from him. Yeah, I haven't looked at the study guide, but uh, so got saved at six years old. I grew up in the church. I've had some great teaching all my life. And I really have to say, that book was one of the most profound books in my life. There you wow, go. That's yeah, a huge It statement. really was. Yeah. I'll vouch for that. I, I, I read through that book a while back after you recommended it to our team the first time. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to link it in the show notes so everybody can okay, go and good. check that out. And we haven't done this yet because It'll I'm be dense, there. but we're going to get it on the Saddleback Books page as well. Why that's not there, I cannot fathom. And I'm mention my name that, on so. Amazon and absolutely nothing will happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Use the offer code BUDDY to pay full price. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fun. All right. All, All right, Jason. so today we want to talk specifically uh-huh. about the uh, practice habit of, of fasting. Yes. Um, so we're just, which is something you can tell I practice often. <laughs> uh-huh. We just practiced at lunch a little bit ago. So uh-huh. um, we do. So just so let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. What is fasting? Well, biblical fasting. Let's go there. Biblical fasting is uh, uh, doing away for a period of time, doing away with food, so that you can turn your focus more fully on on God. Fasting is now. Some people will do other kinds of fast. Some people will fast social media, or they'll fast whatever you name it. Yeah. You can just say for a, a period of time, I'm just going to do away with something. Sure. But in the traditional and biblical sense, it is food related. Yeah, yeah. Great. So just not eating for a period of time. Yeah. And we'll talk about kind of why and how that works into the Christian life as we go. But yeah. I was going to ask you about the various fasts because it seems like, at least in recent years, fasting has kind of taken on. Like it's kind of become a very uh, sort of widely used word for lots of different kinds. But refraining from anything is fasting. So I'm glad you spoke to that. Uh, do you think there's value in those kinds of fasts? Or? Well, yeah, and I don't know that I would call them fast necessarily. Yeah, there, per se. There's definitely value in them. For, for example, a social media fast, as someone might call it. Mm-hmm. 
is fine and and good and probably necessary. I hmm. I should do the same thing. I know most of us should at some point. But when you study fasting in Scripture, fasting is always coupled with prayer. Mm-hmm. You can pray without fasting, but you can't fast without prayer. You don't fast without prayer. Mm-hmm. The two must go together. So going back to this idea of a food fast, the idea would then be whatever time I would have spent not just eating the meal. So, you know, you can wolf down, you know, a hamburger in five minutes, right? Yeah. But whatever time would have been spent preparing, mm-hmm. eating, and then the conversation that would take place at the table, mm. that kind of time. Now you dedicate that to the fast. Mm-hmm. And so a, a good way to look at it is to think of Bible intake would be like eating the food. And the conversation you might have with a friend is your prayer time. Mm-hmm. So whatever time you would take in all of that preparation of preparing your heart, of silence, of uh, setting the table, you know, setting your heart, preparing yourself for it, and then the intake of the word. Mm-hmm. You don't want to wolf down the meal. You don't want to eat fast, right? Mm-hmm. You want to eat slowly. Uh, and then the conversation you have with God, uh, that would be, I think, ideally the way you would spend any time in a in a fast. So throughout mm-hmm. the day, let's say you're going to do a one-day fast, well, three of those times in the day, that's what you're going to do with that time. So if you take a half-hour lunch break, mm-hmm. we'll take a half-hour time just to sit in the Word and to talk to God. So going back to this other idea of, okay, I'm going to take a social media fast. Well, what am I going to fill that time with? Mm-hmm. I could say, well, okay, I'm not going to, I, I, maybe I spend 45 minutes a day on social media or 20 minutes or three hours or whatever to say, well, I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to sit and watch television, right? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, clean out the files. I mean, whatever you're going to do, if it were truly something you were doing for spiritual benefit, then I would say, well, great. Then whatever time you would have taken, spend that time in the Word and Mm -hmm. spend that time in prayer or in fellowship with believers or something that is pointed more toward your your spiritual growth than simply saying, I'm just going to give up one behavior for another one. So almost like instead of opening up your Facebook app, open up your YouVersion app. Yeah. Kind of instead. Exactly. Same kind of thing. So... So fasting in the biblical sense is abstaining from food for a period of time, but not eating food is not really the point of the fast. Can we talk a little bit about why the Bible teaches fasting? Like, what's the point of fasting? I I think that's pretty unclear to people on their... It's funny, because the the point of fasting is not directly, uh, I don't believe, it's directly stated in Scripture. It's inferred. Yeah. It's something that you discover when you look at... uh, uh, examples of fasting in Scripture. Mm-hmm. As I said, in Scripture, fasting is always coupled with prayer. Mm-hmm. And you see fasting used for all kinds of different purposes. And there is a purpose for it. Generally, there's a purpose for it. I guess occasionally, you might even see, at least in my life, and probably if I were to stop and think and go through Scripture, you might find times when fasting is there simply for the purpose of relationship with God. But most of the time in Scripture, there's a specific purpose behind it. So, for example, we see Moses prayed and fasted when he received the Ten Commandments. Jesus prayed and fasted when he was in the wilderness in those 40 days leading up to the time when he was tempted by the devil. Uh, Esther 
fasted. The people of God prayed and fasted when Esther went before the king. Hmm. Nehemiah and the people fasted and prayed before they started the work of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Uh, Ezra and the people fasted and prayed before they rebuilt the temple. The apostle Paul fasted and prayed before he um, assigned people to leadership positions in the church. The church itself in Acts 13, they fasted and prayed before they laid hands on Paul and Barnabas to send them out to do mission. Mm -hmm. So fasting and prayer were always together. And those are just some, there are many more. Uh, Daniel, goodness, uh, Joshua, Mm -hmm. um, many more examples. David of fasting, but always fasting and prayer went together in Mm -hmm. Scripture. The Bible doesn't say specifically what it accomplishes. But if you look at the whole picture, Hmm. you can see that there is something of spiritual power that is engaged or released Hmm. because prayer was coupled with fasting. It certainly isn't necessary that all prayer is is accompanied by fasting. Hmm. But I think that for the life of a believer, the life of a church, uh, that when you're in uh, coming into a season of uh, uh, either decision or of difficulty, uh, it certainly is a, a helpful discipline to engage in. We've done yeah. it here as a church, a churchwide fast back in, uh, I think it was 2010, we did a churchwide fast mm. as we were getting ready to go into one of our campaigns. I don't remember which one it was. I was just going to say, we talked about it too mm-hmm. in the 40 Days of Prayer, but we yeah. talked about the Breakthrough Prayer Series. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That was the last big time that I remember that as a church we talked about fasting. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. Yeah. In fact, we're going to link. We're going to link in the show notes today to the um, to the fasting guide that Pastor Rick released during that time as well, good. and that'll be a good resource for yeah. people going forward. Now, fasting is not uh, is not commanded in Scripture. Hmm. Uh, some people say, "Well, that's Old Testament." No. Um, yeah, they fasted in the Old Testament. They also fasted in the New Testament. Church, Jesus Himself fasted. Yeah. And Jesus taught us that we are to fast. Hmm. Uh, in um, Matthew 6, he says, he says, when you pray, pray this way. Then he says, when you give, you give this way. And he explains it. And then he says, when you fast, you fast this way. He doesn't say if. Mm. It's an assumed behavior. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, so to say, well, you know, you don't have to, because Jesus said, don't fast, or mm. you must fast. Well, then you could say, well, then you don't need to pray either, yeah. you know, or you don't need to give either. No, all three of those were just assumed by Jesus yeah. that you're going to continue doing these things. Yeah. He was just, just giving us a different attitude to do them in. Mm. We have the verse here. Figured it'd be good to just yeah, read go the, the yeah, passage. Read Matthew 6, 16 to 18 says, Anyone you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that it is that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. It's amazing how many times, you know, he says, don't do it, don't look disheveled. How many times people ask me if I'm fasting? What are you, are fasting today? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you got the look of a You fast. look miserable, <laughs> man. What's the matter with you? Yeah. But you talked earlier when we talked about um, the importance of spiritual practices, and you you equated it, I think, really rightly to um, 
to uh, an athlete preparing and and kind of developing physical discipline, mm-hmm. um, that it produces a certain spiritual fitness in us when we do these spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk to us maybe just a little bit from your own personal experience with fasting and how mm-hmm. you've seen God building, you know, building spiritual strength and vitality in you through that practice? Yeah. Um, I, I've not fasted in a while. There was just not too long ago, a few, couple of years ago, um, I fasted once a week. I did a 24-hour fast once a week, and in that time, I did what I was talking about. I would pray. I'd spend time in the Word. Mm. And it wasn't like I suddenly woke up one morning and felt like Superman. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any epiphanies, great visions of God and the heavens opening or any, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, that happened. Oh, man, I really been kind of that nice. story. <laughs> that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would have been, been awesome. Who doesn't want that? But it was something I was doing un unto God, right? A commitment mm-hmm. I made to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, what it does is it does, in a sense, bring your body under submission mm-hmm. to your heart and your mind, right? The soul and spirit of how am I actually going to, who's going to be in charge of those three realms of my life, sure. body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it did help to sort of rein, rein that in. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time when I fast, um, I do a 24-hour fast. Now, now, you can fast just a meal if you want to. There's lots mm-hmm. of different ways to do it. I'll do a 24-hour fast. But generally, I will do it from sundown to sundown. Mm. So most people think, oh, i got to fast the traditional Hebrew hours. way, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a wrong reason, but hey. There's a reason for it. Because if you say, okay, I'm going to fast today. So I get up out of bed at 7 o'clock in the morning, yeah. and I'm going to fast until 7 a.m. the next day. You think, oh, good, there's 24 hours. But you right. Can't. But I had dinner at 7 p.m. the night before. Yeah. That's actually a 36-hour fast. Yeah. If you go from sundown to sundown, it's 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, makes it a little easier. You don't easier. have to go to bed hungry. You don't have to go to bed hungry, and it makes it a little easier if it's new for you, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Now, I know people who have done three-day, seven-day. I know a guy who's done 40-day fasts. Yeah. I'm not Jesus. that kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it wasn't an absolute fast. It was a, you know, a, yeah. a juice fast of some kind. Yeah. Um, but generally, I think for most people, unless you have some kind of health issue, which is something to take into consideration if you're diabetic or right. whatever it might be, um, it's a different issue. But for most people, 24 hours... Is doable, is doable, yeah. doable yeah. discipleship. It's doable. You you come away with a sense of, I did this. Mm. I ac- I accomplished something. I stayed with a commitment I was making to God. And in that time, I spent some time in the Word. Uh, Lance Witt used to be one of our pastors here. He said, he said F- uh, fasting is not so much about food as it is about focus, mm-hmm. right? It's not about feasting on food. It's about feasting on the Lord, mm-hmm. feasting on the Word. Mm-hmm. And so in that 24-hour period, you might say, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know I could, but I actually could. And uh, and it does make it easier because, like you said, you don't go to bed hungry the night yeah, before. that's the worst. And go it was just hungry. the one day, yeah. and then, you know, you're, you might be sitting there with your knife on your fork. The sun, <laughs> yeah. sun to go down. Come on. Yeah. yeah, let's do it in the winter when the days are shorter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But uh, uh, it's it's doable. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, when you were talking about... Um, how fasting brings 
body sort of in submission to the spirit or body in submission to God. That Mm -hmm. really stuck out to me. And I think that one of the, maybe one of the issues people have with fast is they don't see uh, a really, you know, intuitive connection between not eating and growing spiritually. Like how are those two things connected? I think that's, I think that really gets at it. And I heard, I think I've said this on the show a couple times now, but I heard, I heard it said one time that fasting reinforces our ability to tell ourselves no. Mm-hmm. That it strengthens yeah. our ability, and you know, when you were talking, it made me think of um, remember the Karate Kid scene where he's doing the wax on and wax off. Uh-huh. He's like, "Why are we doing this? This is so dumb," you know. And it wasn't until later that he realized that that seemingly inane practice was actually preparing him for something else. Yeah, and it may be that fasting gives us an a, a, an ability to control ourselves, a self-discipline that may pay dividends in bigger issues down the road, like issues of sin and resisting temptation and things like that. Right. Um, but I, I was thinking that Karate Kid thing, and I think so many Paint things that got... Paint the fence. Yes, exactly. Wax on. Wax yeah. off. That's right. Well, let's talk maybe about some... Uh, well, but to, oh, to that sure. point, even in physical discipline, let's go back to the athlete, right? Mm. Well... Great. So the guy does, uh, you know, 100 push-ups a day. Well, he doesn't know that push-up number 33 did a specific thing for mm. him or push-up mm-hmm. number 67 through 72. Mm. It's simply being faithful to continually disciplining that. And over time, he becomes stronger. He can't mm-hmm. point back and say any one particular day or moment of exercise is what made the difference. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that there are I think most of the time we're unaware of how God is working in us. That there, He works at, in our lives in ways, in levels, uh, in dimensions, maybe that are beyond our conscious, you know, conscious, uh, mm. uh, conscious awareness. Yeah, yeah. There, there, you know, deep calls to deep. The Scripture says God's working mm. deeply in the person, um, and it might be that. You just find over time you have stronger discipline when it comes to temptation, when it comes to practicing spiritual disciplines, all these are, and you don't you can't point back to any particular day and say, Oh, I know why this is happening today, because <laughs> that particular day mm-hmm. I did this. Yeah. It was just this matter of faithfully coming in obedience to the disciplines of spiritual life. Right. And then over time, you just begin to see there's growth and there's health that comes. Yeah, there's a cumulative element to that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about... I, um, go ahead. I, I, I wanted to hit on one other point quickly before we jumped into one of the other sections that okay. we were talking about. Um, is the I, I remember in the Breakthrough series, it was talked a lot about how fasting demonstrates our seriousness to God. Yeah, uh, can you talk about that just a little bit? Because I, I I don't think that's one element we've hit on. Yeah, that's good so far yet. Our seriousness to God. Well, for a guy like me, I like food. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, we've had enough lunches. Oh, yeah, you've, you've, yeah. We have seen the voracious yeah. buddy. Oh yeah. It's like somebody once said, "I'd rather hear my pastor sing than eat." Because I've heard him eat. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I like food. So. It is a way of demonstrating to God and to myself a seriousness mm-hmm. to say, I'm willing to set that. It would be like if I were to say to my kids, let's say that let's say that I I play racquetball three days a week, okay, which I don't. I'm just thinking up thinking all out here. I play racquetball three days a week, 
But I tell my kid for a season, I'm going to set that aside because I'm going to stay here and show you how much I care about you. I'm going to help you with your homework for those three nights. Mm. That what it does is it demonstrates something to the kid of how committed you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's something in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the disciplines and in the fast. If you're then going to the word and going to prayer to say, Lord, I'm really serious about this, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm giving up something that I really love, okay? Sure. I love tacos or, or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving that up for this season because I really am very serious about pursuing you. Mm-hmm. I need an answer. I need strength. I need depth. I need healing. I need victory, whatever it might be. I'm all in on this thing, and yeah. I'm not going to let anything, not even food, distract me for this mm. for this time. And in that vein, it really reveals something to us as well, right? I mean, because it's almost like God, on one level, God knows our level of seriousness and commitment to Him, but there's really a revelation. I know f- for me, there's a revelation that happens when I decide to make a concrete decision and do a concrete discipline like that, because you're 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 your level of commitment to God can seem like a very ethereal thing most of the time. Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like fluffy, and how do you put a number on that? But a fast Mm -hmm. is such a concrete, like abstaining from food is a concrete action that really shows Mm -hmm. a certain... And I love that. I love that analogy of like, you know, setting something aside so that I can, you know, be there for my kids. I think that's a powerful picture. But yeah, it's it's such a concrete... uh, It's such a concrete reinforcer of that seriousness and that that yeah. honor and the, kind of the place that God has in our lives. Mm-hmm. Shall I move on now or are you Yeah, gonna, were you going to okay. do the what type of fast is best for you or Well, yeah, you you hinted at different kinds of fasts earlier. You talked about health issues or something to consider yeah. as well, but yeah. can you talk about there are a few different kinds of fasts? Would you want to just lay a few out real quick? Well, sure. So, as I said, there's a 24-hour uh total abstinence from food. Mm-hmm. I would not recommend from water. Yeah. It's been done. Not wise. Yeah. Um dangerous. Certainly to go more than 24 hours without water is is dangerous. For yeah. You. So don't try this at home, people. If well, you do it, yeah. do not do, dare blame yeah. us for yeah. it. Yeah. At least the water part. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. what I mean. I thought that was him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. okay. Um, uh, maybe if you're just, you want to just try it and get started, maybe you just fast a meal. Mm. You say, okay, I'm going to skip lunch. Yeah. And again, if if you don't spend that time in the word and in prayer, then really all you're doing is just skipping a meal. Yeah. yeah. You're just going hungry, right? Right. What good is that going to do anybody? Yeah. Nothing. Or it's a, a a spiritual way to diet. Yeah, lose okay. a few pounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You call it a fast, and it's really just a diet. Because the fast in, should involve the... the, yeah. the uh, I hadn't thought of this before, the, the sort of holding fast to mm-hmm. God. Right? Yeah, that's good. Um, so uh, you can do... Uh, Partial fast. Some people call that a Daniel fast. Uh, you read in in, uh, in the book of Daniel how we abstain from certain foods, abstain from a meal, abstain as we talk about twenty four hours, and then uh, as you move into it, it might be that you you really feel led prayerfully that maybe you you do a two or a three day yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do anything more than that, I certainly would do it at least by informing your doctor what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the longer you go, of course, you have to be really careful how you come off of that. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, you can you can hurt yourself if you just you know fast for a week and then you know sit yeah. down to a pile of ribs you i've know? done it i've done it and it's not smart guys no, it's not smart <laughs> a wendy's triple cheeseburger oh, at the end of a couple day fast yeah. oh my god not goodness. a good idea it did a number on me <laughs> yeah yeah it sounds really good yeah it seems not good in so theory good. and it looks yeah. good on the on the let's be honest it's not a plate it's paper that you've unfolded yeah, <laughs> yeah. very thin paper too yeah so um uh do we are we gonna are we gonna put up any of this on uh, online links to any documents oh, yeah. or something yeah like anything yeah we'll want? link to the stuff yeah the yeah, fasting so. guide we're already gonna link to and we can okay. link to anything and I, else. I think there's something in there that gives some kind of suggestions on if you do a, there a lengthy fast how you come off of that yeah, yeah i think what i'm hearing here is as is true with almost any spiritual practice or discipline start small and then build from there yeah start with a little bit and move on if you go too crazy too early on um you may end up well, you could do yourself harm for yes. one. I remember one time I started. I decided I need to start jogging because my stepmom wanted to do a five k with me, and I'm like, "Well, I'm gonna go out and run tonight." And I hadn't run in years, and I <laughs> ran five miles that first night, and I thought, "Oh, I feel great." Yeah. And then I realized the next day that my feet were demolished by that experience. So take it slow, work your way up to the bigger <laughs> yes. fast. Don't learn from your old pal Doug, who <laughs> likes to just go full bore at yeah. things and then and then yeah. traumatize himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So don't traumatize yourself by going crazy. Start small. I think that skipping one meal is a great starting point for somebody. Yeah. And don't make it breakfast because you'll be hangry. Maybe yeah. you know, you, skip you, lunch or something. You, <laughs> you got sandwich meals. Not to tempt you with a sandwich. <laughs> sandwich. Yes. Um, in the fasting guide, there's a couple of cautions listed. I want to hit on this first one because I think it, um, as you talk about it, could answer some confusion. And the first one says, remember that fasting is not earning an answer to prayer. Right. Can we talk a little bit about, about that? Sure. And that has to do with your theology of grace. Yeah. That everything is by the grace of God. We deserve nothing. We can't do anything to earn anything from God. So, right, fasting is not about earning an answer. But I think that there is something about the demonstration of desire. And uh, again, if it's done the way it should be done, the refocusing of the soul in Mm -hmm. pursuing after God, that, um, that you might find prayers answered maybe more quickly or obviously or powerfully Mm. than if even without fasting, there are times when you just sort of throw up a prayer and even think about it. There are other times when you're really pursuing something from the Lord, you know, wrestling kind of prayer. Um, Same thing with a fast. You're not earning the answer. Um, And, and it's not that you're doing it because you want to make up for some poor behavior that you had the week before, you know, think, wow, I did that. So God's God's (laughs) not going to answer my prayer unless I fast. (laughs) Uh, It's not that, that's not it. Yeah. Um, As I said, the scriptures don't, don't directly explain why fasting is effective. Hmm. They just demonstrate that it's effective. And so you move forward into it to see how it then becomes effective in your own life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. I think it bears repeating. Jason touched on this earlier when he read that uh, passage from Matthew 6, but one one thing I think we always have to keep in mind is that when we're fasting, it's important to be discreet, that we don't flaunt fasting as some sign of our piety or our spiritual maturity or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I think uh, it, it can be 
it, it, of course, update your status to say I'm fasting yeah, this week. I'm fasting yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah don't <laughs> some fasting bitmoji that shows yeah. you. Yeah. I'll be posting pictures of my empty plate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, of course, fasting with other believers is a great thing to do, yeah. and we've done it here as a church, as you've mm-hmm. referenced. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we fast, just as Jesus taught, we do our best to kind of keep our stuff together and not, you know be showing this great outward sign. Um, I'm trying to think if I've seen examples of that. Anyone fasting and flaunting it? The hard thing is, how do you handle, how do you handle, the, how do you handle that moment where you're having dinner with somebody or someone invites you or you're out with somebody or that kind of thing, and it happens to be that you're fasting? Do you just decline any invitations yeah. or just, just to keep it down low? Yeah, yeah, because you don't want to make everybody feel awkward. You know, they're about to tuck into a steak and you go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm fasting today. <laughs> that happened. You all go time. ahead. I'm just I'm <laughs> fasting today. You know, a friend of my dad's yeah. did that one time. Came over to our house for dinner, and you know, of course, stepmom prepared a great meal and everything like that. And then he revealed, "I'm actually fasting right now." We're like, "What the?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She let us know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just decline the invitation or something, yeah. but yeah, I mean, you you don't want to make a big thing out of it. You're not yeah. because you're not trying to impress anybody, and that's what Jesus is saying in Matthew six. If you're doing this to impress people. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, if they are impressed, they shouldn't be. Yeah. And secondly, God certainly isn't impressed because yeah. you're doing it for the wrong reason. So yeah, you have to be careful. What's your motive? Why yeah. are you doing this? Totally. Heart check. Uh, yeah. And he says, you know, the God, God who sees what is done in secret will reward that. Um, he says that when he's talking about prayer and giving and fasting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you just you don't make a spectacle of yourself. Mm-hmm. Good. Jason, do you have any other questions before we move on to doables? Um, I don't think we hit a bunch of the good... Uh, well, then let's move yeah. on and not yeah. listen to you shuffling through your papers for too long. I was just <laughs> checking to make sure we covered the things we wanted to. You're so Sorry thorough, for my due love you. diligence. You guys fight like an old married couple. It's great. <laughs> this is episode 70. We've been doing this a while now. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about some doables. That then. sounds like a good idea. Okay. First one, uh, we already said we're going to link to Pastor Rick's fasting guide in the show notes today. So that will give you a very, it's pretty brief, but it's very thorough. It's succinct, and it'll take you through a real, just entry-level guide to the the spiritual practice of fasting. So do that. And we already mentioned, and I think I'll reinforce it here as as a, a good doable next step, try a single meal fast. Sometime this week, if, if you're new to fasting, mm-hmm. if fasting is already a discipline for you, you might consider, as Buddy said, prayerfully, thoughtfully, if God is leading you to fast, maybe maybe try a fast that's a little bit more advanced and enter into another sort of mm-hmm. level, you know, put an, another plate on, you know, the barbell, so to speak, you know, increase the weight, increase that I got growth. confused talking about food, fasting with plates. Exercise well, yeah. references, well, throw you, is that it? Well, oh, the I see plate reference did. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, very good. Um, Anything else that you wanted to share, buddy? Yeah. What else? Uh, yeah, a couple of things uh, that that come to mind here. Again, even if it's just a meal, the time you would have spent preparing, mm-hmm. eating, and then the conversation, mm-hmm. dedicate that time to reading the word slowly, just like you want to chew your food well, right? Yeah. Eating, reading slowly. And just having a conversation with God doesn't mean you have to get down, down on your knees or pace the floor. It, it's just, hap- in fact, sit at a table. <laughs> I was just, just going to say, start in the desk. kitchen. 
with the Bible? Well, yeah. and if you get on your knees, you might find a gummy bear under the couch or something, there and then you're tempted. Eat it. There, yeah. there you so go. Yeah. Temptation. Yeah. Uh, you could do. It. Let's say you're at work. Okay. Mm. So for lunch during that during the day, uh, if you have an office, close the door, read the Word, or go mm. sit in your car. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. roll down the windows. Take your Bible out there with you for your lunch hour. Spend the spend just that time doing it that way. Even if you were to do a twenty four hour fast, you could mm. still do that part of it at work. Yeah. Um, but it's the 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 prayer and scripture that's important, or the fellowship, or worship. Just turn on worship music, whatever it might be, mm. um, where your your focus. Remember, it's not so much about food as it is about focus. Where your focus is on the relationship with God. Um, we mentioned, of course, spiritual disciplines for yep. the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Don Whitney, um, probably the classic book. If you're a reader on beloved fasting, classic, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Arthur Wallace, uh, W-A-L-L-I-S. Arthur Wallace wrote a book called God's Chosen Fast. Hmm. And God's Chosen Fast is like the classic work on fasting. He wrote it in 1968, something like that. Hmm. Uh, been around forever, still in print. In fact, uh, Rick wrote, I think, a forward or certainly a cover blurb for it. It's an oh, impactful, Im- impactful book on him, too. Cool. Great. But... Uh, just about anybody who has ever written or taught on fasting has read Wallace's book. Hmm. So if you're looking for Ooh, that's a good real yeah. deep training on it. I haven't heard of that one before. God's Chosen Fast, Arthur good. Wallace. We'll link yeah. to that one too so people can pick that up. Mm-hmm. And that. again, if you use my name, nothing will happen. <laughs> yeah. Full uh-huh. price, guaranteed. Yeah. Enjoy the uh-huh. error message. Uh-huh. Hey, <laughs> get free prime shipping if you're prime. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, buddy, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, well, Thanks good. for coming Thanks on. For Great insights. Thanks. Everybody, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We love you. We'll see you next time. If you're a podcast listener and you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. And if you're thinking, hey, listening's great, but is there a way I can watch these episodes? Yeah, there is. Subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for video versions of these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you're already watching us on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows, your question just might inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Doug Jones, and I hope you'll join us again next week.